everything I have belongs to you. My whole net worth belongs to you. My whole bank account belongs to you. My whole family belongs to you. Everything I own, God, I wanna use it all for you. And that is the cultivation of a faith that continues to take the next step toward God. Have you taken your first step of faith? Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Last week in the Onward series, we learned that God moved powerfully on behalf of the Israelites in answer to Joshua's bold prayers and faith. The Bible says that the Lord stopped the moon and the sun, while Joshua led the battle against Israel's enemies, the Amorites. In Joshua 10:14, Scripture says this, There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Well, just a couple weeks ago, many of us stopped what we were doing to watch the rare occurrence of the moon eclipsing the sun. That was big news and something many of us will remember for the rest of our lives. Surely for Joshua and his friend Caleb, seeing God move so powerfully was a moment they would look back on as they continue to live for the one true God. So let's listen now as we learn what it looks like when we move onward in bold faith, just like Joshua and Caleb. Here's Pastor Trent. How many of you were with us last week when we talked about bold faith? Micah mentioned how we prayed those sun stand still prayers. How many of you were with us last week for that? So last week we talked about bold faith. What we're talking about this week is old faith. All right, we're going to learn five things about old faith, and we're going to see an old person in the scripture. And um, those of you that are my age and younger are younger, okay? (laughs) And those of you that are older than me are old, okay? I am 48 years old. So if you are young, like me, would you please stand along with these young people, okay? We want to see who you are. Some of you are awfully excited about how young you are. One of the great things about Harvest is uh, there's always been a wonderful balance of old and young. And so uh, these are the young people here. I need a representative from this group, okay? You're going to represent this entire group right now. I want you to remain standing if you are a man. Remain standing if you are a man. And I want you to remain standing if you are 40 years old. Mm, There they are, right there. Okay. There's the 40-year-olds. Okay. Um, So I'm going to uh, duly elect as the representative of that younger crowd. Matt, come up here for a second. And uh, you are now in the sermon. So come and stand over here on my left, your right. As he's coming, now we need to identify the other crowd. And so if you are in that older crowd, if you are 48 years and older, would you please stand? Let's see you there. All right, there you are. All right, man, this crowd's got more energy than the first one. Fantastic, all right. Let's see who's here today. I want you to remain standing if you are 50 years and older. Remain standing if you are 60 years and older. Remain standing if, if you are able and you're 70 years and older. 
70 years and older, remains standing. We're, we've got to identify the oldest living <laughs> male in the room. If you, are, or if you are a male that's 75 years and older, would you please stand? All right. We've got a few of those. All right. How old are you, sir? 78. 78. How old are you? How old are you? All right, so I think you win the prize, okay? <laughs> there you go. All right, would you come up here? You're now in the sermon too, all right? Now, the reason I'm doing this, the reason I'm doing this is, this is awesome. All right. Um. What is your name? Carl. Carl. And you are how old? 78. 78. Do you remember when you looked like that? Uh, never was that tall. <laughs> I remember when I had hair. That's right. You know, the Bible actually says something about that. Proverbs chapter 16 says that gray hair is a crown of life gained by righteous living. What about no hair? The Bible doesn't speak to that, but we know by experience that as you get older, your hair either turns gray or turns loose. Yours well, looks like no, it did what both. it did is it migrated down to my arm. <laughs> All right, I'm going to now pull the mic away from you. All right, Carl, hang on a second there. Um, no, I did not. I thought that was my role, but I realize I'm now the straight man in this analogy. Open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 13. And uh, I'm actually going to read, I'm actually going to ask Matt here to read a passage, just one verse. Uh, Joshua chapter 13, verse 1. This is a a passage about a guy named Joshua, and we've been tracking Joshua through his early years, and now he's led the people into uh, the territory that God wants them to possess. And now God has something to say to Joshua, but he's also got something to say to Carl and to you. So, Matt, would you read that verse to Carl? Okay, Joshua 13.1. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. Now, did you catch what God was saying there? Now, <laughs> Joshua was old and advanced in years, so God said, you are old <laughs> and advanced. As much as you might want to deny that, and as much as you may not act like you're very old, Carl, you are old and advanced in years. Every time I look in the mirror, I see. <laughs> and you came to church today just to have that validated. So, um, the, but, but here's the good news. And here's what God would say to Carl and to those of you that are in the older generation. Did you see it? Yet, there is still very much land for you to possess. And so here's the big idea of the message. I'm going to ask Carl to, re Carl to, remi to remind us of this. Read that. Uh, see that on the back wall there? Yeah. Read that to these guys. No matter how old you get, 
God keeps calling you onward. Remember that. Do you believe that? Yeah. That's great. And so we are going to learn that principle here. Now, because you have been so uh, willing to participate, I have a book for you. It's, it's uh, Tim Keller's book on prayer. And so thank you for that. And Matt, if you'll come back in 40 years, we'll let you have a book too. All right. So thank you so much. Why don't you give these guys a hand? Now, as we read this passage of Scripture, I now want you to turn over to the next chapter, chapter 14, and we're going to begin reading about another old guy. We just read what God said to Joshua, who at that point was now into his 90s. Now we're going to read about Joshua's old friend, Caleb who is 85 years old. And I want you to see this conversation that these two old guys are having. Now, as we begin to read this, I want you to imagine two old guys sitting on a porch in rocking chairs, having a conversation. What would you think their conversation would sound like? Wouldn't you think about these guys just kind of reminiscing about the past and boy, we fought a lot of battles and so glad we don't have to do that anymore. And so glad there's this younger generation now that can do all that fighting and they can go possess. That's what you would imagine these two old guys to be talking about, right? Now remember, Joshua, who is in his 90s, and Caleb, who we're going to find out was 85 at the time of this conversation, are not only old, they are 40 years older than anybody else in the country. You remember? God would not allow this generation to go with Joshua and Caleb. They all died in the wilderness. And so now Joshua and Caleb are these revered, respectable men, and they have a little conversation that God allows us to eavesdrop in on, and it begins here in Joshua 14. Look in verse 6. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. Gilgal was the headquarters, and we see Gilgal all through this uh, book here. It says, And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me? And so they are reminiscing a little bit. Caleb recalls, very sharp memory at the age of 85, he recalls specifically what God said through Moses about Caleb. Now, he doesn't quote that, but we know where it's quoted. It's actually in Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. And here's what God said that Caleb remembered. Here it is. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Caleb remembers a promise that God had made to him that even at the age of 85 had not yet been fulfilled. And because Caleb centered his life on the promises of God, he is still believing God for more. And God distinguishes Caleb as a man unlike any other. It says he has a different spirit. I think we have seen a different spirit on display here this morning. (laughs) Would we all have that kind of spirit when we are 78 years old? Well, that is what God says Caleb had. And because Caleb had it, we're going to see something unique about his life. Look at verse 7. He recalls, I was 
40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Do you remember what Caleb and Joshua's occupation was when they were in their 40s? They were into international espionage, right? How many of you are international? I guess you couldn't admit that. So anyway, these guys had some pretty exciting careers. And they recalled the time that God used them to bring back the report. Do you remember 12 spies went in? Only two spies came out with a positive report. Who were they? Joshua and Caleb. And they looked at those giants and said, those giants are big. Those giants are ugly. Those giants are strong. But our God is bigger and we believe we can whip those enemies of God. And they, they, they were allowed to do that. These other 10 spies came back. They gave a very negative report. That's what Caleb says next in verse 8. But my brothers, these other 10 spies who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. Underline those two words, wholly followed, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Caleb had a whole heart for God. And that's what made him have a different spirit. Verse 9, And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land upon which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. He says it a second time. What are we learning from this? Well, here's the first thing we learn from Caleb's life. Old faith is cultivated from start to finish. We see in this story a record of the faithfulness of Caleb as a young man through his 50s, through his 60s, through his 70s. Now he's 85 years old. From start to finish, he cultivated a faithfulness to God. And it was characterized by this statement that God made about him. He had wholly followed the Lord. What does that mean? Well, I believe it means that when Caleb got up in the morning, he gave his whole day to God. He recognized that day was a gift of God, that every day, that every year was a gift of God to be used wholly for God's purposes. And so I believe he gave his whole day to God. I believe he gave his whole mind to God. I believe he gave his whole body to God. This, this life is to be lived for you, and I want it to count for eternity. I want it to count for you. I believe in some sense, Caleb said, everything I have belongs to you. My whole net worth belongs to you. My whole bank account belongs to you. My whole family belongs to you. Everything I own, God, I want to use it all for you, and that is is the cultivation of a faith that continues to take the next step toward God. Have you taken your first step of faith? Maybe some of you are new to church, new to Christianity, new to stories like this, and you're like, man, you're talking about some really radical stuff that would really change my life. Because quite honestly, I have used my whole life for um, uh, me, not Caleb. Caleb understood the promises of God toward a man of faith. And so he took his first step and he continued to take his next step. And Caleb never got derailed from cultivating his faith. Think about it. He could have gotten derailed by giants that were big. He never got derailed by fear. 
He never got derailed by an enemy. He never got derailed by jealousy. I was thinking about this. Caleb seems like an awesome hero of the Bible. And so does Joshua. And you got these two guys, they're buddies, they fought similar battles, and yet only one of them got a book in the Bible with his name. If some of us were like, uh, some of us couldn't be like Caleb because Caleb never sat back and was like, well, I didn't get a Bible book. Why, why didn't I get more recognition? No, he never got derailed by jealousy. Why? Because when your whole life belongs to God, you realize it's not about you in the first place. Your faith is cultivated when you have a whole heart for God. And listen, getting old is inevitable, okay? Even for people like Carl, all right? Getting old is inevitable. But here's what I want you to understand. Cultivating faith is a choice. Just because you are old doesn't mean you are godly. You say, well, shouldn't we revere old people? Absolutely. We, we should respect them and thank them and appreciate them. But quite sadly, if the truth was known, just because you are, have lived many years doesn't mean you have walked many miles with God. And the saddest story is of a person who has not lived many years but has wasted many years spending your life on things that don't matter. Not Caleb. He cultivated his faith from start to finish. And he was a godly man at the start. He was a godly man at the finish. You want to have a whole heart for God? You can start that relationship today. But can I ask you this? Some of you in that older generation, you started out cultivating faith. Have you stopped cultivating your faith? And you've used the excuses of, I'm old. Nobody really expects me to continue to pursue with the same passion I had when I was young. Uh, God does. And that's what the lesson is in this passage. Old faith is cultivated from start to finish. And then this, old faith grows stronger with time. That's the lesson here in verse 10. See it? And now, Caleb says, Behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke his word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness, and now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I love what it says there in verse 10. The Lord has kept me alive. Alive. Caleb understood that he was not alive by chance. Caleb was alive by providence. If you are old and God has kept you alive for this day, do you know what that means? This day has a divine purpose. I've met so many old people, it's, it's so sad to think that somehow... Because you are old, you think you are less valuable or less significant or have less purpose. Now, our purposes change through different seasons of life. Those of you that are old remember the season of life where it just seemed like your whole life was just trying to keep kids alive, <laughs> trying to keep them from killing themselves and trying to keep them out of trouble. And, and yet those kids grow up and they move out 
if your whole identity was wrapped up in those children, what's going to happen to you or what did happen to you when those children no longer needed you once they left home? If you've not lived your life for the purposes of God, you can think this day has no meaning. This day has no purpose. Not Caleb. Caleb understood that his life, his years, his remaining days had purpose and significance. But do you know why old people lose their purpose? Is because they mistakenly believe that that day and that year that you were kept alive was to be spent on yourself. And pretty soon when the aches and the pains and the illnesses and all the different problems that come with getting older and somehow we think, I don't deserve this. And we begin to think about how hard it is to get old. We become self-absorbed and we begin to isolate ourselves and wall ourselves off. And, and all we do is run through our minds the list of complaints we have about how hard this day was or how hard this year has been. And we lose the sovereign purpose for which God gave the day. It's not to be spent on yourself. If you don't want to get old then don't live your life for yourself. Spend those years that God has given. Spend those days pouring out, not expecting everybody else to be pouring in. And so he says here in verse 11, incredible statement. Notice what he says. I am as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. Now, I kind of believe Carl is, I mean, if he's got that much energy when he was 85, what was he, or 78, what was he like when he was 40, right? I mean, he kind of looks like he's got about the same amount of energy. But, but is it, and that, that's a miracle. I believe what God did for Caleb here was a miracle. He goes on at the end of verse 11. He says, and now my strength is as my strength was then for war and for going and for coming. That was a miracle. If you are as physically strong at 85 as you were when you were 40, that's a miracle. Maybe that's your st son stand still prayer, and by faith you want to believe that, and maybe God answers that prayer. But for most of us, as we get older, I'm getting older, and I don't think I'm as physically strong as I was 40 years. years I would have been eight, but <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe 20 years ago, okay? But that's a miracle. But here's the thing. You can be as spiritually strong or stronger today, even as you become physically and mentally weaker. And do you know what happens when you get physically and mentally weaker? You lose your ability to fake your spirituality. I've made this observation about older people. Maybe it's just me, but let me see if I can get any confirmation. Have you noticed that as people get older, they either get sweeter or grumpier, but they seldom stay the same. The sweet people at 40 end up being the sweetest people when they're 85. And the grumpy people are 40. You don't even want to be in the same zip code with them when they're 85, right? Why is that true? It's because when you get physically and mentally weaker, your spirituality is exposed because you don't have the energy to fake it anymore. 
I don't know about you, I want to be sweeter and not grumpier the older I get. If you're getting grumpier, you need to be spiritually stronger, even as you become physically and mentally weaker. Faith, old faith, grows stronger over time. And then this, old faith is fueled by new vision. Old faith is fueled by new vision. Look at verse 12. So uh, Joshua asked, or Caleb asked Joshua for a request in verse 12. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there. Now that's Anakim, not Anakin. That's the Skywalker family. That's another story in a galaxy far, far away. This was a real story and a real enemy. Those were giants in the land, okay? Anakim, they were there. <laughs> that doesn't seem to bother Caleb at all. He's, the Anakim were there. They, they, were a, they had great fortified cities. And he said, it may be that the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out just as the Lord has said. And so Caleb realizes that God has made a promise in his 40s that he has not yet seen fulfilled. And so in his 80s, he's got fresh, new vision. Listen, there is nothing more powerful than an old man with a fresh vision. And he sees something through the front windshield that he is going after. And by the time you're that age, you are not scared anymore because you know that whatever could kill you just gives you an upgrade on the other side in glory, right? If you're that close to it anyway, what have you got to lose, right? And so he goes after the hardest challenge possible. He's not content to sit on the sidelines and let everybody else do the fighting. The older you get, the more you'll be tempted to say, I have fought the battles. I have served my time. It is time for some of these young people to get in there and do the fighting. Have you ever been tempted to say that? By God's grace, not around here. Can I just tell you a little concern of the pastor's heart? There is a noticeable absence of grandmas and grandpas holding babies in the nursery. And I know what you're thinking. If you knew how many diapers I've changed, you would understand that I have reached my quota. But for some of you that understand what old faith looks like, what you're going to say is, you know what? I'm going to get in there and I'm going to fight the battle. I'm going to engage a challenge and do something that maybe requires some time and some energy and some mental exercise and some emotion and some mess. And I am going to serve the Lord with the availability that God has given me. Living a life of old faith starts with a single step towards God. Turning toward Christ and faith and repentance is the first step in living a life of faithfulness. Scripture says this in Philippians 1.6, that God is the one who promises to complete the good work He's begun in you. This gives us assurance that God is the one who helps us live out the remainder of our days in faith. Well, if you're looking for a place to grow your faith, 
We'd love for you to join us for a weekend worship service on one of our two campuses. Each Sunday we meet on our Granger, Indiana campus and in St. Joseph, Michigan. Service times and campus locations can be found on our website, harvestgranger.org. Well, I'm Aaron Paulus. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that God's word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.